Welcome to Boost Power Podcast. Inspiration, insights, and ideas for your business and your journey. Welcome to Boost Power Podcast. I'm your host, Betsy Wiersma. Today is the first day of the rest of your life. And you know what that means? You have the power to learn something new, to meet someone new, to be inspired, to make a choice, to take an action. Your life can change right now. And there's no accident that you're listening to Boost Power Podcast today. My guest, Nancy Reese, I recently heard her speak, not once, but twice at an event, and I was mesmerized. I said, I need to have lunch with you. She has had so many different, interesting, and diverse careers, from accountant to physician. Uh, she has been in uh, interior designer and then switch around a life coach and an NLP practitioner, which I love NLP. I love a little tapping. Um There's so many things we can learn from her. We're honored to have her on the show. Welcome, Nancy. Thank you. So this is a first for me also. So I love uh, new adventures and who knows where they'll lead. Well, I I have listeners, Nancy, in all over the world, even in India, in Scotland. So, you know, we just try to put good in the world and good stories. And Boost Power Podcast was created for the purpose of of talking to interesting people and hearing their backstory. And so we like to start a little bit about, as you were growing up, um, tell people, because everyone's curious, you know, they see someone super successful like you, philanthropist. I didn't even go there since we're saving that to the second half. But, uh, you know, they look at you and they just make up stories called, oh, that was easy. And, uh, you know, Silver Spoon, uh, Paved Road. Uh, that Nancy, you know, it all worked out for her. But I, what I find when I ask, it's always a, a windy road and lots of twists and turns. So tell everybody a little bit about you and kind of a little bit about um, your upbringing or your education. What kind of got you on this path? Okay. Uh, so that's really interesting because I agree that I kind of fall into that sometimes too. I'll meet someone and think, oh gosh, they were just given this. But, you know, you ask the question and you usually find that it's a little more than something that was just handed to them. So I think what is really remarkable about my past is that I was a military kid growing up and I attended about eight different junior highs and high schools. So what I learned was that nothing was permanent, that friends do not last, relationships do not last, and that if you're going to do something, you better stand on your own two feet and make it happen. So that was really a, a critical lesson. And it's interesting that more recently I said, well, maybe I have like attachment disorder. I was looking at the negative side of things. But what I what it really taught me was to be incredibly flexible and to be an opportunist and be open to new places and new ideas and not be afraid of change. So those were really the huge lessons I learned from that type of upbringing. Did you have, so I know a lot about the military. I uh, was blessed to work for both the Air Force and the Army all over the world. So did you have international assignments or were you a U.S.-based? What was your adventure? I was a dependent. So I was at the whim of my parents. My dad would come home and say, we're moving. 
And it was always in the middle of the school year. It was always after I had finally made a friend or two, and it was always incredibly disruptive. So I can't say that it was a, a cultural wonder world. It was um, me in survival mode, essentially. Were, were you in the U.S. or did he go abroad? Uh, we were stationed in Germany and Japan and Kansas and Texas and Mississippi and, you know, la-di-da. <laughs> Which service was your dad in? He was in the Air Force. Air Force. Great. Because I went to a lot of those bases. So I was like, I bet I bet in some places you grew up. Well, and it's interesting because I've talked to other people who were dependent children and they blossomed under that uh, type of stimulation. I, it was very hard for me. Well, from that upbringing of moving around a lot in high school and junior high, then what did you choose to go into for education? Because you've had so many different interesting and tough careers. Uh, what was the, the ground floor of that? Well, in high school, I knew I wanted to be of service somehow. And I wanted to be a social worker. I don't know where that came from. But then I took an aptitude test and an interest test as a senior in high school, and it said I could do anything, and it said I could be a doctor. And I thought, well, what the heck? I think I could do more good being a doctor than I can being a social worker. So that's kind of, that was a pretty key element in changing my direction. So tell us a little bit about that path. Was that traditional medical school? Because I know when you were talking in your speeches, you said you were working in anesthesiology. So I don't know much about how that works for um, medical school in preparation. So for to become an anesthesiologist, you do four years of undergraduate. You do four years of medical school. You do an internship. And then you do three years of residency training. Wow. So I it does take a while to become a doctor. <laughs> Wow. Okay. I'm not sure people appreciate that. No, I, I had no idea. I've always heard about, you know, doctoral programs and residency, but man, I never knew four plus four plus three plus, inter oh my gosh. So that was a lot of dedication. And then, so, so you get there to this great career and what did you find out? What was it really like? It was better than I ever thought. And um, some of it was pretty challenging. Um, I thought I never liked, well, this will be interesting. I never liked giving shots or sticking needles in people. And in fact, the first shot I gave, I passed out. So in anesthesia, I thought you just put the mask over their face and they went to sleep. And then it was with time that I realized, no, you stick really large needles in lots of parts of the body. So it was a stretch, but it was fun and exciting and rewarding. So, you know, think of uh, think of things that were uncomfortable in your own life that you got over and suddenly they become really pretty cool parts of your life. And that that's kind of how anesthesia was for me. Wow. And how long did you do that part of your career? I was an anesthesiologist for 20 years. Well, wow, well, you must have started when you were just a baby, just a, like a small little baby, because I know you now and you don't have enough life years, I don't think, to do all that for that long. So congratulations for getting started early and having so many great, exciting things along the way. Well, thank you. Well, yeah. Well, I just think you're young. You are very young and vibrant and very active. And I think, you know, wow, that's a lot of 
life right there, almost 15 years of school and 20 years right there, just in career number one. So after anesthesiology, um, what was it that you, what was the, we like to say choice point, what happened in that career that got you to change your mind or look for something else or kind of what can people learn by hearing this part of the story? Surprise people. I got bored. And um, people would say, isn't giving anesthesia scary? But, you know, you're trained in medicine, you're trained to take care of everything you do. And you're trained to take care of eventualities, too. So for me, it's far more risky to change the tire on a car than it is to give anesthesia because you know the bolts could the car could fall down the jack could break I mean holy cow all the things that could go wrong on changing a tire but I knew how to give anesthesia but what happened is anesthesia and medicine in general are very left-brained activity very math and science there are certainly unique patients that come along and you customize your anesthetic accordingly but for the most part it's a very left-brained science-based activity and what i found is the right side of my brain was not getting any attention in my career so towards the last five years, I um, started taking some design classes. I started taking art classes. I started taking coaching classes in neurolinguistic programming. And I found that my enthusiasm for all those activities was far greater than my enthusiasm for anesthesia. And uh, so it, when I was 58, which is fairly young to retire, but I decided to take the jump and uh, venture, allow my right side uh, of my brain to experience a little bit more of life. So that was really the launching point for me. Wow. And so what did everyone say when you resigned? You know, they knew you as a doctor and then you told all your uh all the people in the, uh, the emergency room, all the people at the hospital, hi, this has been really fun. I'm going to now jump over to a completely different side of my brain and do something new. Were people supportive? Were they, you know, doubtful? What kind of feedback did that generate? Well, people who didn't know me well thought it was kind of a crazy thing to do. People who know me, they know I'm a jump off the cliff sort of person. So they were not surprised at all. Well, I, I love that story because so many people listening are always saying like, I'm doing this, but I really want to do that. And sometimes you got to hear somebody else's story to get permission to do that. Uh, we are going to be back. We're going to go to a quick break. You're listening to Boost Power Podcast. You are listening to Boost Power Podcast with your host, Betsy Weersma. We are part of the Global Sisterhood Podcast Network women who amplify their voices and are committed to inspiring all people with podcasts on purpose. Enjoy these true stories and proven business tips for your business and your life. Now, back to Boost. And we're back. And now that you know, Nancy is in her right-brained side of her career, coming from all that training. Oh my gosh, I'm still in awe of how much training it takes to be that kind of a doctor. Uh, and now at 58, which I would like to point out is very young, uh, has decided to 
to go for the leap, which I love, um, leap off and exercise what was really, as we say, lighting her up, bringing her energy, uh, her desire to save the world in a different way. And this way through the coaching, through the design, through the art and through NLP. Will you tell everybody a little bit, Nancy, about what NLP is? Um, NLP stands for Neuro Linguistic Programming, and it's a way of speaking to yourself. It's a way of reprogramming your brain to think in a different way. And let me give you an example. We learn certain ways of thinking that form neuronal pathways when we're very young. And we learn those a lot of times as survival. And what happens is your life changes, but you end up using those same neuronal pathways as an adult, and perhaps they don't serve you as well. So NLP coaching techniques ask questions of a person to allow their brain to open up to other possibilities, other neuronal pathways that might serve the individual better. And so did you open up a formalized coaching, you know, practice with clients? How did this work uh, after, you know, pretty structured doctor job um, coming into the world as more of a coach and helping people with this possibility? So this would take me to a more humbling aspect of my career and also a greater appreciation for uh, how easy it was to be a doctor, relatively speaking, because I tried to get a design business going and a coaching business going. And what I discovered was the business model, I was not willing at age, now I'm 58, 60, 62, okay? I was not willing to put in the time, the effort, the hours that are required to launch a new career at that age. So for a short time period, I did have some design clients ongoing. I had some coaching clients ongoing, but it never took off the way I had imagined. But looking back on it, if it had taken off, I'm not sure I had the energy to put into it like I did in my anesthetic career. Yeah, I really understand. I'm right now turning 61 and really looking around for choosing what to do with my energy, not running frantically, trying to build an empire. I kind of feel like that's off the list. Exactly. That that was what the missing element. I was very excited. I loved what I did. People would say to me, oh my gosh, you're so good at this. I can tell you love what you do, but that's not enough to get a business going. You got to have that extra little umph to get it going. And you know, when you get older, your priorities change. I just didn't want to find the umph to make it happen. I just wanted to enjoy my life a little bit more. Yes. And I'm sure the good thing about the coaching and understanding those skills is all your family, your friends, all the people informally that were your clients, and I'm sure anyone that you helped with their design, they got all the benefit without you having to have a full-fledged, you know, shingle, having to put out an official shingle and have to uh, worry about all the pieces of that. I wish I had learned NLP at a younger age, because it is a formidable force that can really aid in all aspects of a person's life. I have used it in raising my children. I've used it in getting things done in my neighborhood. I use it when I do public speaking. Now, granted, all my patients were unconscious because that's what you do in anesthesia, but they are 
awake ahead of time. And there were times when I had fairly worried, stressed, problematic patients that I think I would have been able to serve better if I had utilized uh, NLP training earlier in my career. Well, I, I agree. I have uh, used NLP and had some NLP coaches along the way. So if you're listening to this today, you might look up NLP. There's lots of uh, resources, information in the internet about that. And it might be a, a great thing. Well, the reason I met you was because you were talking about what else you're doing in this part of your life. And that was your passion for pets and your role as a philanthropist for a, an organization you and I both love here in Denver, Colorado, called Cobbled Streets. So will you tell everybody a little bit about the, the role of passion and purpose as you are now rocking your post-doctor uh, post-official uh, coaching and design career. Tell them about uh, this little um, wonderful thing that you do for Cobbled Streets. Um, well, at age 68, I find that I am in what I would call the generativity stage of my life. I'm not out to make any new great things happen, but I do want to share the, the blessings that I have had in my life. And I discovered in retirement that I like dogs. And so I got a dog and then another dog. And then I got to the legal limit of dogs in my county. And I thought, well, how can I still need more dog energy? So I started babysitting dogs and I didn't need the money. And so what I do is have people when they pick their dog up, write a check out to cobbled streets so that I can support children and support foster children in particular, just by doing something that I absolutely love. And how much money have you earned for Cobbled Streets by doing what you absolutely love, getting yourself some more dog energy by dog babysitting? Uh, tell everybody about some of your successful donations. Well, this is pretty fun. So um, two years ago, I earned $10,000. Last year, I earned $6,000. This year, I'm almost at $2,000, and it's only April. And I have developed the most wonderful relationships with these little dogs and with their owners. So it's been expansive, the opportunities that I've gotten. I'm also very excited. There is a community of donors in my neighborhood called the 100 Plus Club, and um, I'm going to speak soon and try to promote Cobbled Streets at that event. But I'm going to ask people when it's time to tithe, if people tithe, or when it's Colorado Gives Day in December, if they really want to give money towards something that's not just a thing, that's not a backpack, that's not a meal, if they want to give something, some money to something that buys a potential life of hope for a child that cobbled streets is the place to put the money. And how, what a wonderful feeling for me to be able to get all that dog energy and give money to something that will perhaps buy a wonderful life for a child. Well, I know you have been a wonderful ground floor philanthropist for Cobbled Streets. And for those that are listening, cobbledstreets.org is their website and they provide experiences for foster youth. And that's something like going fishing, interacting with a horse, going to a basketball or a football game, 
One of the best stories is one of a little girl that was just really in her shell, and then she got swim lessons, and those swim lessons really helped her succeed. And what we don't maybe know is so many of the foster youth that move around with different foster families do not necessarily have the families that have the time or the money to give them some of the experiences that many of us have been blessed with, like musical lessons or vacations or even something special like a special backpack or a special pair of tennis shoes. So Foster Streets, Cobbled Streets, thank you for Foster Youth. And wonderful donors like Nancy Reese, and I am a donor of my organization, the Camp Experience Network, benefits Cobbled Streets. Uh, So we stand together with the opportunities that these life-affirming experiences can be for the youth. Uh, So Nancy, if you were going to tell somebody one thing that you've learned as you look in your life journey, what would be one of the most important things you would tell our listeners? Uh, Strive to be the best version of yourself that you can be and allow the universe to support you in that endeavor. Well, I don't think you could say that any better than that. We are so blessed to have people like Nancy Reese come and share their story here on Boost Power Podcast. And, you know, many of you are thinking, yeah, I moved around as a youth too. I switched, uh, Nancy, like you, I had three different middle schools and high schools, and I just never got in the groove of friends. I remember we moved to North Carolina from Indiana and the girl said, Yankee, go home. I was like, well, I'm just a person, 1970s. I moved to your town and I didn't know what to do with that. I'd never been an outsider to a community like that. But as you did, it made me who I am today and caused some of my independence and uh, I think some of the gifts that now I can share with the world. So Thank you so much, Nancy, for being on Boost Power Podcast. Again, if you're interested in philanthropy that uh, Nancy and I both share a passion for an organization called Cobbled Streets, that's cobbledstreets.org. You can learn about providing experiences for foster youth, or maybe today you just got the idea that Nancy has done, which is she took her passion for pets and her love of dogs and turned that into wonderful philanthropy and is leaving a super great legacy with these kids. There's no accident that you tuned in today to meet Nancy on Boost Power Podcast. Today is the first day of the rest of your life, so make it a great one and do something for others, learn about NLP, consider being a doctor if you have 15 or so years ready to do that, or consider not, uh, and just having fun and uh, enjoying your life. But uh, I like the story here about honoring That if you use your left brain for a while and you want to try something new, uh, be like Nancy and use your right brain to uh, make the world a better place. Nancy, again, thank you for being on Boost Power Podcast today. Thank you for having me. It's a wonderful, wonderful thing you're doing. Thank you. All right. We will see you next time. Please share Boost Power Podcast with anyone that you know that needs uplifting energy, great ideas, and to meet really interesting people. Subscribe on your favorite podcast app. This is your host, Betsy Wiersma. Thank you for listening to Boost Power Podcast and plugging in stories from the journey of life and business. Our music is by award-winning singer-songwriter Megan Burt, and we're produced at the Cinder Sound Studios in Colorado. 
we are part of the Global Sisterhood Podcast Network, people committed to podcasts on purpose that are designed to uplift and inspire. Please subscribe to Boost on your favorite podcast platform and tell your friends to join us. Learn more, BetsyWearsma.com.